Hello, everyone. I'm Harvey Brownstone, and today's guest has written a poignant and insightful book that moved me so much that I was compelled to invite her on our show. Her book is entitled Affliction, Growing Up with a Closeted Gay Dad. It's an emotionally raw and yet loving and tender family memoir that chronicles not only the impact on her father of living a hidden life from the 1930s till 2008, but most importantly, we learn the profound impact on her mother, her siblings, and herself of coping with the secrets and the choices that her parents made, choices that were necessitated by the harsh realities of living in a homophobic society. Our guest is author Laura Hall. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here, Harvey. Laura, I must tell you as a 65-year-old gay man who never lived in the closet that I absolutely loved your book because you expressed the perspective of the children of closeted gay parents who have always been in the shadows of the coming out experience. What made you decide to write the book? Well, I had no intention of writing a book. I never even thought about it when, when my dad was alive. But about three years after he died... I got this urge to write a story. I didn't know what I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to write something. And I picked up a book near my office in downtown San Francisco on, on writing. And I was reading it on the train. And an older man, by the way, my dad always said he'd try to get a message to me from the other side if he possibly could. We always talked about the afterlife when I was little. And uh, this older man that I'd never seen before came up behind me and was eavesdropping over my book, which mostly people don't do in the train. And he said, you know, that author teaches workshops here in San Francisco and writing workshops. And I thought, okay, I got to work. I signed up for her class. And the first writing prompt she gave us, which was a 10 minute writing prompt was just write stream of consciousness, my dad's clothes. And within three or four minutes, it did become my dad's closet. And that's where the book was born. I had no intention of doing this. It just came to me. Well, now, I'm sure some people are wondering why you decided to entitle the book Affliction. So let me give people an understanding of what your father endured as a young man. He had at least one significant gay relationship, but he was arrested for dancing with another man. And in 1940, as a university student, he was arrested again after being entrapped by an undercover police officer, which led to a conviction and criminal record that ruined his chances of being a teacher. So he dropped out of university, went deeply into the closet, joined the army, fought in World War II, and met and married your mom. They had four children and stayed together for over 60 years until your mom passed away. Laura, it hit me like a ton of bricks. When I realized how different his life would have been had he not been victimized by the criminal justice system, no wonder he felt that being homosexual was an affliction. And I, the, that word he used to describe himself, the way he felt when he was a boy, and I never, once he came out to me, I never felt that he saw it as an affliction as an adult or, you know, the rest of his life. He he was very, he, I don't know what how to say it, but he wasn't an angry man, even though he was closeted, but he didn't think that being gay was wrong. 
And on top of everything else your dad went through, he was fired from an administrative job in a hospital in the mid-60s for being gay, wasn't he? Yes. Now, you wrote that your father wasn't like other fathers. He cooked, he sewed, he did your hair, he chose your clothes, he did floral arrangements. But you just thought he was more refined than other men. You had no idea he was gay when you were growing up, or did you? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I really just thought I had the coolest dad in the neighborhood. I think because you did. I know, right? <laughs> and I would spend, I just spent a lot of time with him. We both enjoyed similar things, crafts and art and land and plants. And he, he just, he wasn't like the other dads. I, I didn't feel judgmental towards the dads who you know, would drink beer and watch football games all weekend. That's an exaggeration, but at all. But I just thought I was, I was, for, I was the fortunate one. Your father came out to you in 1975 when you were 24 years old. In response to a question you asked him, you didn't ask him if he was gay. You asked him if he had ever been unfaithful to your mom. Why did you choose to begin by asking that question? Because I was struggling in my own life with being unfaithful and multiple partners. And I thought there was something wrong with me. And I, you know, I knew I was a good person. I just didn't know why I was behaving that way. And I wanted to, you know, pin it on somebody other than myself, but really the, the finger should have been pointed at me. But I always, from the time I was a little girl, thought, well, because my mother's, my mother's friend, girlfriends always just had a crush on my dad. They wanted to dance. He was a great dancer. He was polite. He took care of the kids. He cooked. And they would all, my mom even told me this, that, they would tell her that, oh, Ralph just isn't like the others. And they, you know, no, he wasn't. But I thought, I just was sure he had been unfaithful with women. They were always like fawning over him. And, and plus he always flattered them. You know, he would point out women in beautiful clothing, you know, we'd see on the streets, you know, when we we're traveling or whatever. And I thought, oh, he's a womanizer. And Nothing could have shocked me more than his, his reply. Honey, I'm gay. <laughs> well, you wrote that after your dad told you in 1975 that he was gay, the weight of his secret shifted from his shoulders to yours and that his affliction became your affliction. Why did you feel that way, Laura? Because I could see the joy in his eyes in unburdening himself with me. I mean, he and I had always been especially close. And I, I just saw this, this joy in him when he, after he told me. And, and yet inside, I was just filled with so much. Well, I was in shock. It didn't register. I mean, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I wasn't homophobic, but it just didn't make any sense. And then if he'd come out to everybody, the whole family at the same time, it would have been different. But for me, it was my secret then because my mother would, didn't want to talk about it. I felt like I, I, I was betraying her by the fact that I knew I got all tangled up. It was very hard for me, but it never and it didn't change my love for my either of my parents at all. And it grew up. My love actually grew over time. 
Well, your father told you that your mom found out that he was gay in 1957 when she found some photos. He offered to leave the marriage, but she wanted him to stay because she still loved him and she wanted her children to have a father. After your dad came out to you in 1975, why didn't you speak with your mom about it for so many years? That's a good question. You know, it has a lot to do, I think, with secrets in families. You just sort of know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, Harvey. I, I just knew it wasn't something I should be talking about. But, I, but over time, I did try, like I written, had written in the book a few times, to ask her some things. And that one of the times she said, because I asked her, why didn't you ever leave dad after you found out? And she said, I want your kids to have a father. I didn't have one. It, we never, ever had a long conversation about it at all. She didn't want to, she never criticized my father, ever. And I asked her one time, as you know, I was young and asked a stupid question, but I said, do you still love dad? Or do you, do you love dad after all these years and what you know? And she, she just, I remember her face, she just sort of pursed her lips and said, oh, yes. Like, how dare I would ask that question? She, she loved him till the day she died, Devout, devotedly. Well, now, Laura, I have to tell you that the person I really fell in love with in your book was your mother. She was an extraordinarily devoted wife and mother who truly sublimated her own needs to put everyone else's best interests ahead of her own. I'm so glad you immortalized her so beautifully in this book. I can get very emotional about this. She was, she was so dear in every way. Just, I, she was just a really, really good person. Well, the thing about your mother that resonated with me so strongly is her immense love for your father. I mean, she told you that she stayed in the marriage for the sake of the children, but long after the kids grew up, she stayed with him. They remained together, even though it's clear that your father was living a separate romantic life. Her love for that man was incredibly strong, and my heart goes out to her so much. I know. Me too. Her love never failed, ever. Now, in terms of the impact on you of having had a closeted gay dad, there were several important themes that emerged from the book. You've already mentioned that when your father came out to you, it had the effect of putting you in an emotional closet because you were taking on his secret. And you also wrote that at one point, you felt unconsciously pulled to fill the empty space between your parents. And that even at the age of 30, you still felt and behaved as if the survival of your parents' marriage was critical to your own survival. Laura, that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? It is. And I think it, it, was, it was in me as a, a, a small child. That's where it started. And I just was that way all my life, even as decades passed. I just was always, always glancing around the room. I was the sensitive, quiet child of the family. And so I was just always glancing at their body language. And I just always wanted to see them happy together and not always focus just on the kids. 
You wrote that you feared abandonment if you didn't support your father in his coming out. You described your father as an extremely loving and caring parent. So why did you fear that he might abandon you? I always felt that way. I, I think when I look back to when I was 18 months old, it's my first memory of this fear of him leaving us. I think I always had the sense that he didn't completely belong to us. You know, that's the best way I can, can word it. Like he, oh, he had another life, another person he, that he was. And I always felt insecure. I always did. But it's so funny after writing the book and after he lived to, to be 90 and after both my parents are gone, I, I can't imagine a more devoted family, parents, set of parents and father. He never, ever gave any sense of abandoning us outwardly, ever. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it was born. I think I came into the world that way. I think now this is just my impression from reading your book. My thought is that you were incredibly sensitive, very intuitive, and that somehow, even as a child, without being able to articulate it, you could tell that there was another side to him that was hidden. Yes. I, I know that I felt it, and I know that there were no words in me at that age to describe what I was feeling. I just... I would have panic attacks in the night. I would have stomach aches. I was always afraid of being alone. Sometimes I still feel that way. And I say that to you because every gay man that I've known, and in my generation, I have known a lot who did get married to the opposite sex to try to pretend to fit in to mainstream society. Every single person said that they had to build a bit of a wall around them all the time to try to hide that true identity. And I think a very sensitive child can pick up on it. Yes. He, he was always trying to be perfect. I know that's also a common characteristic of someone in the closet, a gay person in the closet. There's that great essay about that. When I look back to his photos when he was a boy and he was much more less aware of his body language and how he held his arms and his hands. And then as he grew older, he would just he looked like more of a just a straight man. You know, his, he had to make sure his shoulders were straight, his hands were in the right position. And I just because I have so many photos, I could just see that, you know, and I can't imagine what that would be like to not let your body express who you are. Well, there's an enormous fear of betraying yourself, uh, even unconsciously. You have to constantly try to present as heterosexual if you're living in the closet. Now, now you wrote that as a young woman, you had an instinctive distrust of men and you were always on the lookout for signs of betrayal. Do you think that was a direct result of having a closeted gay father? Yes, or a father who had a secret or who was unfaithful, let's put it that way. Yes, and the strangest thing when I think about it is that I would actually get some pleasure if I thought I found that the man or the boy I was with had been unfaithful. By the way, I never found any 
any clear evidence at all. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it, it was like, it made me feel like I wasn't crazy when I found that out. Like, yes, men cheat, <laughs> even though it hurt, would hurt me if they did. It was very strange what, you know, when you're, you're, the way your mind gets formed as, as a child. Well, you were looking for reinforcement. Yes, yes. And, val and, and validation, I suppose. Yeah. So, Laura, what advice do you have for closeted gay parents who want to come out to their children? Mm. Note that their children would want them to be their, their, their true self. Know that that's actually what they would want. In other words, don't be afraid to do it. Right. It's a gift to your children because then they don't carry this, whether they ever know or not, they know somewhere in their bodies that something's wrong in their family. And it's a gift to them if you can. I have no judgment for anyone who stays in the closet out of fear, but it is hard on the children, at least really the, the real sensitive children. Well, now, Laura, I'm sure you're very much aware that your situation is unusual because your parents stayed together even after your mom found out that your dad was gay. In most of these situations, the parents break up and the children often feel conflicted because on the one hand, they sympathize with the straight parent who feels betrayed and deceived. And on the other hand, they understand why their gay parent chose to make an attempt to fit in with mainstream society by pretending to be straight. Do you have any advice for adult children who are caught in the middle of that kind of situation? Well, there, first of all, there's a really great national organization in this country, in the United States called Collage. It's C-O-L-A-G-E. And they've been representing and supporting children of LGBTQ plus caregivers for over three decades. And um, they're uh, just, it's, a, it's an organization of the children no matter what, at what age. And that's a lot of support there. I think that could be helpful. Finding other people. What I did when I first started writing, I started going to book readings. They're only, I remember when in my writing workshop, one of the things that they tell aspiring authors is go check out what's on the shelf. Go see what your competition is or just what's there and learn from it. And I went to the, there's a beautiful section of the San Francisco Public Library uh, founded by James Hormel, the first uh, gay ambassador, the first openly gay ambassador of the United States. And I went there and they have a huge collection of books. And I had asked the young man if he could point me to the section of memoirs written by children of closeted parents. <laughs> this was in 2011. And he gave me a kind of a bizarre look and he said, well, let me do some research and why don't you just browse? And so I browsed and didn't come across any. And I came back to him and he said, yeah, there aren't any. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I need to write this. And there are others now at varying degrees. Nothing, there's no story like mine in particular, where my dad pretty much stayed closeted for the rest of his life. And my parents stayed married. I don't actually know of any stories like that, but I got to know quite a few children of gay parents and adult children. And some of them had 
their parents, their dads had died of AIDS. And we met regularly in my living room here for, oh, a number of years. And we just, it was really great for me because we all spoke the same language, the language of the closet. Like there's a different language, like, oh, he's my roommate or he's my, my friend or he's, there are these terms and then we, you know, we would all, we, we all, we spoke the same language and it was very comforting just knowing I wasn't alone. I would imagine uh, that it would be very comforting. Uh, I'm just wondering, did you ever see the movie Far From Heaven starring Julianne Moore and Dennis Quaid about a married man coming out in the 50s? I did see that movie and I, I was interested partly because Julianne Moore's hair is red and my mother's hair was red but also because it had all those, those images and, and behaviors of the 50s when, when I grew up. And it was very familiar to me. And I also knew that that was a really, really hard time for gay men to come out. Laura, for me, your book isn't just a sentimental family memoir. It's an important part of gay history. I've known so many men from my generation and earlier who lived exactly the kind of life your father lived. And I've known more than a few gay men who were longtime secret partners of married men who lived in a straight marriage. Your book really highlights the ripple effect of the decisions that people make about whether to live their true authentic selves and how those decisions affect everyone around them. They sure do. I, I found myself when I first started writing the book, it was, it was just all about gay rights because I had a lot of my sadness and anger had come out after my dad died. When you're in the middle of it in a family, you're just like, okay, this is just normal. This is just what's, what my, this family's like. And afterwards, I, anyway, I just a lot of sadness and anger came out. And, and then after that came out, this book, this book came out. It's just, it's, it's a hard life. It's a, it's a, with the cruelties that gay people face and, and it affects everyone. And I, I especially write, wrote this for gay people who were of my dad's generation or even now who live in homophobic areas of the, the planet to hopefully provide some comfort that here was this gay man, a father, pretty devoted husband and father who through no fault of his own ended up feeling like he was forced to be in the closet. And he it just, just having compassion for people who did have to leave there, did choose to leave that those lives because there's a lot, I, I know a lot of older gay men who are closeted or formally closeted, they just carry a lot of guilt for doing so. And I don't, I don't feel any judgment at all for those who come out or, or don't come out. It's just, it's hard either way. But it's complicated because if your father had not made the choice to pretend to be straight and get married, you would never have been born. I know. That's, that's one of those things that is, can really choke me up. I, at the end of the book, I wrote about this vision I had walking up the hill from our market here in, the, in San Francisco. And it just came to me, this feeling of being a high school girl coming home from school, doing my homework. And there's my other dad making dinner 
and then my dad walking in the door and going first to the, the man he's married to and not to the children, not, not the focus wasn't all on the children and that there was this loving, cute, cuddling. That was the first thing when he walked in the door after work. I know when my dad walked in the door after work, it was all about the children and he just loved his children so much. And I just, for the first time in my life, I felt like what it must have, what feel like, feel like when you have two parents who are madly in love with each other, there's just that security that I never had. And I still don't have it all in, in me, but it definitely started when I was a little girl. The book also aroused feelings for me as a gay man who never ever was in the closet. And it was a kind of envy because my choice to be my authentic self and never pretend to be straight meant that I never had those kids. That as I get older and older, I'm not going to have a Laura to take care of me because I made a choice not to pretend to be straight. And I don't know if you can appreciate that, but there was actually a sense of envy I had for your dad. Oh, that I just, uh, that's so interesting. That's a new, a new take on, on this story that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. I know my dad from the time he said, from the time he was little, he, I'm, I'm getting emotional. He always wanted children. Always. That was a, big motivating factor for him in life. And to think that you and other people weren't able to have children or live that kind of life. I mean, it's changed now, but it wasn't then. It's, it's heartbreaking. I, my dad, I know would have been just, even if he had led a life with the, his boyfriend, Stanley, that he met in the thirties and been happy with that, I know he would have missed out on having, missed having children. I know that. Yes, I kept thinking that myself. And as I ended the book, which I'm going to read again, because it's just, it, it's so profound. You know, it made me realize that there are consequences to the choices we make in our lives. The choice, whether you're going to come out and deal with the consequences, or whether you're going to marry someone of the opposite sex and try to pretend and try to suppress your true sexuality, there are consequences. And of course, your book, the beauty of your book is that you explain the consequences to everyone, not just the gay person or the gay person's spouse. And, you know, Laura, I'd like to think that the situation you lived through is a thing of the past, but it's not. There are still many closeted gay people living hidden lives or double lives for all kinds of reasons. And I hope your book will be of help to the children who find themselves in your situation. Thank you so much for writing this book and for coming on our show. Thank you so much, Harvey. It's a pleasure. Our guest has been Laura Hall, author of Affliction, Growing Up with a Closeted Gay Dad. My name is Harvey Brownstone. Thank you to our producer, Steve Silver. Thank you all for joining us. See you next time. Be sure to check out more interviews by Harvey Brownstone on this podcast channel.